The season is over as the Leafs fall in five to Florida. What's next for this group? We'll discuss on today's edition of the Lockdown Leafs podcast, part of Lockdown Podcast Network, to our team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the May 15th edition of the Locked On Leafs podcast. You want to stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive and Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. The Locked On Leafs podcast is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also check us up on YouTube as well. Uh, subscribe. New videos coming out Monday through Friday. The season's over, but we still got uh, we still got the goods for you guys each and every weekday over at Locked On Leafs. Uh, and today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Well, Dave, Friday did not go how we wanted it. And the Maple Leafs found themselves on the wrong side of things. They lose in overtime. Where do we want to start here? What do you think? Oh, I mean, maybe it's just the same old story for this team again. You know, big elimination game, need to come out, have a big effort. Effort was there. Chances were there. But they couldn't get more than two goals. You know, in, in, it's funny because in the last elimination game that they finally were able to win against Tampa Bay, they still didn't score more than two goals. I, it's, it's the same storyline with this team over and over again, and it's almost like I feel for a lot of the Leaf fans that haven't experienced a long run because they're seeing the same thing over and over again. It, it must drive... Like, if some of them just were driven to insanity, I can understand why. <laughs> Because no. it's, just, it's a frustration to see the same type of ending again. I and don't. It's just brutal. And you just didn't get the offense from your big boys. Like, like Austin Matthews had zero goals all series. Four of those five games were one goal games. Like four of the five were, were won by one singular goal. So, I mean, if Matthews scores one at some point within those four games, it's a good chance that this series is still still going on. He did not do that. You know, Willie K, he scored. He finally got uh, he, he got a goal late in that game. Tavares didn't get a single goal the entire series. They got one power play goal from Ryan O'Reilly. Um, you know, Marner got those goals in game four. But really, the big boys did not perform the way that they needed to. And I think that's probably what sticks out the most about this group is, once again, in a you know in a in a winner go home game, the the guys didn't show up. Matthews, Marner, you know, Nylander showed up late in the game. I guess Tavares was nowhere to be seen. Like it, that that's what this ultimately comes down to, and and that's why there are so many question marks going forward. We'll get to that uh, you know in, in a little bit here on today's show, but I think to your point, the fact that this team what finished out the postseason 
scoring two goals and only two goals in seven straight games. Like this team is built to score. They're built to be an offensive group. And when you can't get more than two goals, you're not going to win a lot of hockey games. And they didn't. Uh, Nick Cousins scores the game winner in overtime and that building went silent. And, uh, you know, now the Florida Panthers are off to the Eastern Conference final against the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, now, there were controversy, some controversy in this game. Like, there's yeah. no, you know, should that have even gone to overtime? You know, like Morgan Riley's non-goal is, is is it just was a very frustrating goal. Like, I understand how there may not have been an angle that they had that made it seem like it shouldn't have counted but like logic should also tell you that there that that was a goal the puck was there and over the line because it was under his pad which is very very much in his in in the net like i don't know man that that goal for me i i wasn't sure how it was gonna go it was a little 50 50 they did show an in-house feed that made it look like it, it was it was a good goal um I know the one that was circulating online about the one from the behind in the in net where it was after the yeah. whistle had was supposed to be blown and that one kind of went viral, but that wasn't really, I guess the, the situation there anyways. But if you look at from the front angle, you, there is just using logic could tell you that that was in the net way before any whistle was meant to be blown. That, that should have probably been a goal. That was a great play by Morgan Riley. Yeah, hell of a play to take the to take the puck across the goal line like that. It's it's so unfortunate that uh, that didn't count for him. I was saying the only thing Morgan Rowley did not do was make no doubt that the puck went in. If he just maybe poked it in or something like that, but I guess if he poked it in and it was under the pad, like that's that's the only thing he didn't do. But the part like first off. Uh, I think they did. I think Kelly Rudy was the one. Uh, I think it was Henrik Lundqvist that one that said it, which was Sarah Bobrovsky did the perfect thing, which was he did not react. He did not move. He made sure that, okay, play dead. All right, now I can move it. And whether it's in or not, it doesn't matter because he did his job on that play. It, like, it, it's just hard when you see Morgan Riley's reaction. Like, he's not reacting to that if that puck isn't past the line. Right. And like it, there's that, that one angle that they show from the bench where the puck clearly is under the pad past the line. Now, we don't know if it fully crossed the line. That's the part that I guess maybe they weren't too sure of, like didn't have a good enough view to know for sure. To me, this is where the NHL continues to fail behind a lot of other sports where we got, do you know there's technology out there that can tell you exactly when a puck crosses the line at Dude, what they, point in the game? They have chips inside pucks. Yes. They just don't use them properly. No. Like they use them to track certain things like speed and, and like, um, you know, how hard someone's shot is and whatnot. Use it to, you know, track whether or not a puck goes over the line. Like that's what you should be tracking is whether or not a puck ends up into the back of the net. So you can tell based on whatever, and, and you could even sync it up so that the goal light is, yeah. is involved. So that the goal light goes on as soon as the puck goes over. And then at that point, whatever I'm time, whatever the time is, if it crossed the line and, and play hasn't been stopped, it's in like tennis has that technology where 
ah, the ump said it was in, but the guy challenges to say, no, I think it's out. They have the technology to tell you 100% if a ball is in or out. Yeah. In NHL, this is not the first, and look, this is not just a Leafs thing. I have seen many situations like this where we're trying to determine if a puck goes over the line, and then there's like, oh, here comes the overhead shot, and you can't see the damn puck. Like the, the no. even the goalie cam, the goalie camera is actually too high in my opinion because it really doesn't capture underneath the pad where the sightline is blocked. Like that that camera should be on the at the like literally at the bottom of the net along the ice, so you can see it for sure when that puck is over. Like the fact that we're still having these debates of when the puck crossed the line. That's the failure on the NHL for not de- having the, developing their own technology, uh, their own way to just eliminate those. Like we talk, they, I've heard them talk about it, but where is it? Where is that technology? Where are you innovating yourself to make the right calls in pivotal games? Like it, it's just it's it's frustrating. It is definitely frustrating. Yeah, hundred percent. And like that that could have been a completely different hockey game if if that goal stands and and who knows maybe the Leafs season's still alive maybe we're watching a, a game well we would be watching a game six tonight to see what happens and, on, and instead we now it's uh, it's time to eulogize this team and, and changes changes will be coming Dave and we'll get to that in a moment but there was you know the game winning goal also had some controversy um, attached to it as well what did you make of the Radko Gudis and his interference on Cali Yarncroft, did you feel that should have been a, a penalty, a holding the stick interference, something? Or because I, I talked to, I talked to like a, you know, a, a, a source, we'll call him, you know, a good friend of mine played the game. And he's like, that happens 20 times a game, though. Like, that's something that happens so much, but it's being flagged here because it was such a, you know, such a, a big goal. It was a series clinching goal in overtime. So it's, that's why it's going to, People are looking at it, but this happens often. Um, but what did you make of the play? Two things. like it, it, People are bringing up the Justin Hall incident, and rightfully so, because Justin Hall interfered with a player who did not have the puck, making him unable to make a defending play uh, using the pick. And that's what Gudis did, right? He he not only gets into Cal Yarncroke's way, but he grabs his stick. And in what way... Like First off, there is something called a hold-in-the-stick penalty. That yeah. is definitely allowed, uh, not allowed. So that's the first issue. The second issue is Kelly Yarncroft. I know he's probably upset that the goal went in, but you got to be in the ref's face or be in like even if you're not going to get the call. Where is where is where is the you know going to the ref and saying, "Hey, he grabbed my stick. You're not going to call that." Like I know. Let the ref know that he he didn't do his job there. I was waiting. I was waiting for like I was up in the press box and happened and. and- seeing it in real time like i had realized oh gudis interfered yes. is that going to count and everyone's celebrating and i don't see any outrage over it by the team like i just nobody whether it was Keith or whether it was you know the players on the ice or or Yarncroft himself no one just like everybody was just in disbelief and what forgot to to say something about it i i thought it was kind of bizarre myself um but you know, this this it is what it is, and unfortunately, it's the goal that sunk the Maple Leafs and ended their season. Um, on the other side, Dave, let's uh, let's chat a little bit about what is next. We got locker cleanouts going on Monday, uh, end of season media veils as well, which we'll react to on tomorrow's show. 
But uh, let's ponder for a sec what is next for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And we'll do that on the other side. But first, Dave, a word from our show sponsor. Yes, today's episode is brought to you by AG1 by Athletic Greens. Keeping up with proper nutrition is really hard. You're busy. You're stuck at your desk. You're eating wherever you can just to get you through the day. What if you could start your day with the ultimate daily nutritional insurance? With a single scoop of AG1 and a glass of water, you can do just that. It absorbs 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues, ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover, it cost him $100 a day, which just isn't sustainable. He created Athletic Greens after experiencing just how difficult it was to create an optimal nutrition routine on your own, all for around just $3 a day. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Welcome back into the Locked On These Podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti reacting to the Maple Leafs losing to the Panthers over the weekend, and their season is now over the year is uh has concluded technically for toronto and uh, it's the panthers moving on to play the carolina hurricanes in the eastern conference final uh really quickly dave just to uh to touch on <laughs> athletic greens do you have any idea if uh if they help with hangovers pal um i think there's a not athletic greens but i <laughs> i do know of certain products i know it was your birthday on so this is the reason why we didn't record Right, you know, we're waiting until Monday to record because you know it was already a pretty depressing end of the season. We didn't want to have to make your birthday depressing. So first off, happy birthday, Mister DeStefano. Oh, thank um, you. Hopefully, I, I mean, I, I was gonna say hopefully you didn't go too hard, but considering you're asking me about hangovers, I think it went a little too. Uh, I think there was maybe a little bit of uh, a little. You're pouring yourself out a little bit too much over uh, the season ending. Yeah, you know, drowning your sorrows is a, is a phrase that some people like to use, and that's basically what happened last night. I mean, I probably would also drag my face off if uh, if, if they would have won two in celebration. Either way, Saturday was going to be a, a good night, but boy, am I paying for it today. Wow, am I ever. But uh, it's all good. I'm, I'm pushing through, Dave. We're pushing through on this one. Um, shout out to the Wheat Chief, by the way. Went there for my birthday. I'm not sure if... Uh, if you've been there while well, they have live yep. bands, it's a good spot, man. Downtown Toronto, We Chief. They got uh, you know bands that play there Friday and Saturday nights. Actually, I think they have bands most weeks, uh, most days of the week. But they got a, a band there every Saturday, and they're phenomenal. So you know, I was out there, you know, I was out there cutting some rug, you know, getting getting the feet happy. It was a good time. It was a good so time. What you're saying is that might have to be a spot that I look to bring my band to. Now that I got a little bit more time on my hands. Oh, uh, yeah. Now you, you got a lot more time on your hands. So, yeah, that, that could be a spot. All right. Let's get back into uh, into the Maple Leafs and, and figure out what they're going to be doing. Because there, there's, well, I was going to say there's a lot more time on their hands now as well, obviously. Um, I don't know if they're going to be partying per se. Uh, I guess they could go out on vacation, do whatever. But either way, 
Um, they do have locker cleanouts today. We'll hear from uh, from all the players. The end of season media availabilities are also uh, going to be going on Monday, and they did announce that uh, Dubis will be speaking as well as part of the media veils. Does that mean anything to you? Do you think that means it's it's likely that he that he stays? Like he is a pending unrestricted free agent technically. Uh, he if he decided that he was going to go and he was going to walk at the end of this contract, um, I don't know, would he be speaking tomorrow or I guess it's just more formality just because the final, you know, it's, it's the last time I guess for him to talk about this team. I feel like they're going to give him that chance to have that final one because technically they, they're not going to fire him. They could just say, we're not going to renew his contract. So, I, yeah, I know. I know you're because I know you're thinking because if he's speaking, then that means there's a good chance he's sticking around. Because you know, why would they want to let the guy who's going to basically be sent out with walking papers? Why would they let him have that final press conference? I think he. I, I think the the team still doesn't know. I don't know if they know for sure what they want to do. Yeah, yeah. It's been what like 48 hours since they lost. I I'm sure they don't know exactly what they want to do. I'm. I'm sure they need to hear his pitch and his plan of what they're going to do moving moving forward. Because I mean, I think we could all all sit here and say that this this group, I they can't run it back again. They've done it seven times now, and it's it's failed each and every each and every time. And this one, like this, was the biggest, like such a squandered opportunity that they had this year. Like that's the, the route to the cup was wide open for them. And uh, you know, they pooped themselves right in the bed games one and two, they played horrible in game three, found themselves down in an O three hole. They finally get their game in order to win a game four, to extend the series, to come back home only to uh, let Leafs nation down in front of their own building. Um, I don't know. Like I, I think Dubis perhaps, like, could anything he says tomorrow, I mean, maybe they want to hear what he has to say, potentially. Like, that's why they want him to speak and see what he's got to say. That's the thing. There's so much. Like, is Shanahan coming back? Dubas coming back? Keith coming back? Like, I feel like some news has to come out prior to them speaking later today. I don't know. I'm still very confused at how everything's going to kind of go down this summer. I think, yeah, I feel like there's got to be something. You got to give something. Like, you know, I, even if it's just we're going to take the next few days. Like, first off, I think Brendan Shanahan, I don't know if he's scheduled to speak. I only know heard about he Kyle. Usually, he usually speaks end of season, him and Kyle together. So I would imagine that he would. Well, that's the one thing I wanted to know. If they speak together, that tells you one thing. If they speak separately... I think that also tells you something different too. So I'd be curious to see how this all winds up. Now, granted, some of you are going to come and listen to this podcast and probably already have seen a lot of the clips and stuff. Like you're going to probably see that they've already spoke. So yeah. that's something to watch for there. If you're listening to this, like, do they speak together? Do they speak separately? And just the tone, right? The tone of how they're of what of the what the message is, right? In the past, it's been we believe in this group. We believe this group can do it. I want to see if that message changes. You know, if, is there going to be accountability? The the one word 
I want to I want to hear or in some way be discussed is accountability because running this group back all, through all the issues through all the you know past failures I would say tough losses it just feels like there there was no one being held accountable for how these things were ending and I feel like that's got to be that's got to be decided at some point it's what's who's going to be accountable for this because you have a lot of people who have been off the bandwagon that have been following this team for a long time. You're going to lose a whole other sector of fans. If you feel like that, there's nothing that you feel like needs to be changed. No one needs to be held accountable because, you know, things just didn't go their way this time. I don't want to hear any of that. Yeah. That sends the wrong message in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I think accountability certainly needs to be, needs to be had for uh, for a lot of people within this organization, not just, you know, Dubas and Shani, but I think Keith needs to be held accountable. I think the players need to be held accountable. Like, ultimately, I like the team that Dubas built. Like, I thought they had a really good chance on paper to do some things, but unfortunately, they just did not perform up to expectation. And I think there's some – we're going to get uh, – tomorrow we'll probably learn of some of the injuries that some guys are playing with. And I know I've heard through you know some rumblings, a couple of these guys are dealing with some pretty significant injuries that was impacting their play here in the series. But um, you know everyone's hurt at this time of year, and they're they're gutting through it, and they're they're finding a way. Um, and this year, you know these guys weren't able to do that, uh, and that's why they're they're out five in the second round. But hey, at least we saw a second round. At least we saw a second round, so we can be positive on that one. Or can we? On the other side, let's let's debate. Was winning a round tainted, tarnished by the efforts in round two? We'll get to that on the other side. But first, let me tell you guys about one of today's show sponsors, and it's Game Time. Uh, buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you will have. Uh, Game Time is a place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Uh, Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are set directly to your phone, so you'll never have to dig through your email. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. We're uh, mourning the Maple Leafs. 2022-2023 season as it came to a close on Friday with a loss in overtime to the Florida Panthers. They lose the series four games to one. The gentleman's sweep, they call it, uh, gave them one game and then said, that's it. You're just getting the one game. That's what Florida did. And boom, they're off to the Eastern Conference final. Uh, the question, Dave, and this is one that I've kind of been pondering and thinking about for a while, and I'm going to pose it to you. Because when they finally won that round against Tampa Bay, right, we talked about the demons being exercised, the the weight off their shoulders. This team's going to pop and explode. This is different. This is the year. 
And then they go out and lay a complete egg against the Panthers and lose in five. How different does that series win against Tampa two weeks ago feel today than it did back then? Is it is it tarnished? Do we care anymore that they won around if they only, you know, won one game after that? I wouldn't say it's tarnished, but it it it's means significantly less because they did they did the thing that they needed to that they had been unable to do. It feels like that the, a lot of their energy was spent on that. Once it was done, they didn't get they didn't reset. They didn't realize that we're it's funny because you hear the jokes of, oh, there's there's another round. Like, I don't know if you saw the memes going around. Oh, there's a second round that we have to play because what happened was is they reverted to a lot of their, you know, a lot of the play, a lot of the mistakes they were making in the regular season that was costing them games. It just feels like the mindset wasn't there from the start, right? They feel like, you know what? We're better than this Florida team. We're, if we get our chances, it's going to work. But they didn't realize that if we, like this Florida team, just pulled off the biggest upset and play one of the biggest upsets in playoff history. Like, it, it almost like that, that part didn't compute to them. And that's the frustrating part is that you go out and you have this incredible round one win. Then you lose to a team that you're on paper, you're better than. And in the matter of the way that it happened, where you go down 3-0, and it just, once you were down 2-0, it just felt like this team couldn't get their leg. They just couldn't find a way to rebound. And to me, like I, I just don't know if I can get too excited about them winning around just because of how it all ended. You think that's where that's where they lost the series? When they went down 2-0? I think so. That was kind of where it was, all right, they go into Florida. Even at best, they walk away with a split, but then they still have to win three yeah. three games after that. I think, like, look, there was probably shell shock after they lost game three, but I think the fact that they they played, they, they just they threw everything they had at Bobrovsky in game one, two, and they lost, I think that crushed their spirits in a lot of ways. Like, I don't, like, I can understand how that can happen, but this is also supposed to be a group that brought in guys who had done that, been there before, guys who have done it. So there should have been somebody capable of telling this team, like, look, you know what? We dropped two, the first two. Let's take the next two, right? I think um, I remember in 2019 when the Raptors played the Bucks. Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard. They said, so where do you go from here? We go to, I think it was like we go to Milwaukee. Like, like to have that mentality, say you know what? Yeah, we dropped the first two, but that doesn't matter. We're just going to take the next two. And I think they did. They did a reverse sweep. They won the next four games. That's they, the mentality. Yeah. You, you I remember. I, yeah, I know. I, I remember too. And I think we brought this up. I think we brought it up on the podcast. He, uh, somebody said, you know, let, all right, let's go to Milwaukee and and let's get a let's get a a, a split in Milwaukee and we're good. And he said, Nah, f that. Let's go grab two. Yeah, and you did. <laughs> and they did. They went and grabbed both the games in Milwaukee and uh and and really set them up for success. And you know, it it, it seems like that's what Florida kind of did coming into Toronto after leaving Boston. They're like, let's get in there, let's take two. We take two, you know, we take we take their will away. And that's almost almost what happened. And I mean, Sergey Bobrovsky, you gotta you gotta tip your cap to the guy. He he turned the clock back. You talk about you know, somebody who really found the fountain of youth in that in that series, man, he was so good. 
so dialed in right to the end. Like even in overtime, the Leafs had multiple grade A looks. Like Yarncroft had an opportunity. He took the took the puck across the net. Matthews had a couple right on the doorstep. Like there was there was a lot of good looks. And again, they had lots of good looks the entire series, but just were never able to close. Were never able to finish, and weren't able to get it done. The irony in all of this is: Do you remember what the conversation was coming out of this summer about Kyle Dubas? It was it was like he he his season and his career almost was in the hands of the goalie gamble he made in the summer, right? Yeah, bringing in Matt Murray and then signing Ilya Samsonov. Neither of those two guys were even available to play in that game. It was Joe Wall who came in and gave them every single chance to win that game. He was excellent mm-hmm. in game five. And uh, ultimately, goaltending did not let his team down. It, it was the ridiculously highly paid forwards up front yeah. who couldn't score goals. Yeah, no, and like that, we were all preoccupied about the goaltending, as you mentioned. And like you had a rookie with little, like didn't even have 10 games worth of experience. And he goes and he, he goes up against a guy who had one of Vesna who was, you know, as you said, turning the guy who's making 10 million over $10 million, like somebody who may, who is being paid $10 million showed up in this series. Unfortunately it was for Florida. Um, although he didn't show up during the regular season, but that doesn't matter. Cause it all matters what you do in the playoffs. And, that that's the disappointing part is that you have a rookie in Joseph Wall, who, like usually when a rookie is going in, teams try to you know we got to really step up for this guy. You know this guy is in a tough spot here. Let's really try to show him our support. And they go and they take that penalty. They unable to get the puck out of the zone. A a tough a tough goal for him to give up. Like I felt like he should have had that, but it was a tough. A tough one there. The worst part was then the second goal. Very careless play, right? Florida is pressing, and he almost has it. But, like, it's just like, where's support for your young goaltender there? On the game-winning goal, on on top of, I mean, I know everyone's going to talk about the goodish screaming in Joe Wall's face. Anyone ever catch also that he gave him a bit of a snow show there as well where he when he stops he gives a little bit of the of the snow there like you got to have your young goaltenders back there and you know what like to me what i liked about the whole situation was austin matthews did go up to him and kind of consoled him and talked to him after and probably pretty much said you gave us a hell of an effort on you no i mean the the guy made what 40 some odd saves in that game like he and, and a lot of them great A's. Like there was a lot of really good stops that he had to make in that game. And overtime, late in the third period, um, he made numerous, numerous uh, big time stops. But you know, unfortunately, couldn't make the last one. And uh, you know, Nick Cousins, the dagger into this team, and we'll see what the future holds. We shall see what the future holds. I'm I'm excited to hear what everyone has to say mm-hmm. at uh, end of season media availabilities. I. We've heard a lot of we're, we're, we're right there. We're so close. We're knocking on the door for so many years. 
I don't know. This year, it, it does feel like maybe we won't we won't hear all of that type of rhetoric. I think that you know it'll be a little different this year. I think everybody in that office in that building kind of knows that this might be the last kick at the can with that exact core, where that means the GM's gone, the coach is gone, or one of those big four players are gone. I think uh, I, I don't see a way in which everyone returns for uh, for another kick at the can. So it'll be interesting to see what everybody says at uh, at um, the media veils later today. But we will reconvene tomorrow to break it all down. And uh, we'll hear what they had to say. We'll play some of the audio and, uh, you know, kind of respond to it. All right, buddy. That'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcast platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck at D underscore Morissuti. Also follow the show at Locked On Leafs. Go ahead and leave a, a like on this video if you would, a comment down below. What do you want to hear from Kyle Dubas, Sheldon Keefe, or any of the players today? Let us know down below in the comment section. Uh, we'll be back with another episode for you guys tomorrow. Until then, keep locked right here on Locked On Leafs.